Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for May 23rd, 2011, and now the news. Historically, Detroit's automakers were universally criticized by how they treated their suppliers, while the top Japanese automakers were universally praised. But now, that is changing. A company called Planning Perspectives, which tracks supplier relations annually, says the Detroit Three have improved dramatically, while the Japanese, in the words of the study's author, have lost their way. They are now putting pressure on their suppliers to cut costs the way the Detroit Three used to. Even so, Toyota still ranked first with Honda second, followed by Ford, Nissan, GM, and Chrysler. For the first time ever, planning perspectives included Mercedes, BMW, and VW. Since it only has one year's data, the company did not include them in the overall rankings, but if it had, Mercedes would have finished first. Uh-oh, the UAW is not going to want to hear about this next story. The Wall Street Journal reports that Volkswagen, at its new plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee, will be paying its hourly workers $27 an hour. That includes wages and benefits, and compares to about $52 an hour for GM and Chrysler, Ford says it is at $58. The Center for Automotive Research says that VW's labor rate will kick up another $8 an hour over the next few years, but in its bankruptcy contracts with GM and Chrysler, the UAW agreed to match labor costs at the transplants, and this is going to put it under enormous pressure to agree to more wage concessions. And this doesn't look good either. Wards projects light vehicle sales in the U.S. will drop to 1.12 million units this month. It also forecasts that the SAR will hit just 12.4 million, the lowest it's been since November of last year. Wards blames the drop on low inventory amongst Japanese OEMs. The big three, as well as Korean automakers, are expected to fill the void. In fact, Wards estimates GM, Ford, and Chrysler will capture 48% of the market, their best performance since December of 2008. The average age of cars and trucks on the road in the U.S. is getting older, and again, according to Wards, in 2009, the average age was 9.6 years old. That grew to 9.9 years in 2010. The age of vehicles went up despite the fact that nearly 6 million vehicles were scrapped in 2010, and in the fourth quarter, there were more vehicles scrapped than any quarter since cash for clunkers, which ended in 2009. Even still, the numbers of licensed vehicles was up slightly from the year before, totaling close to 240 million. Because of slow sales of new cars and the growing age of vehicles on the road, the vehicle park is expected to remain low in 2011. The president of the Beijing Automotive Group is heading to Germany to find talent. According to Gascou, the company will hold the largest recruitment fair a Chinese company has ever held overseas. BAIC wants to hire technological experts, engineers, and executives for its subsidiary companies. The company is looking to hire 60 to 100 people and says it's already received 650 applications. This next story is astonishing. 
According to an article posted on Autoblog, the national police chief of Venezuela recently held a press conference announcing the country's first ever suspension of a citizen's driver's license. Let me say that again. This is the first time anyone in Venezuela has ever had their driver's license suspended. Amazing. Which begs the question, is everyone in the land of Hugo Chavez such a great driver? Well, not exactly. So what did this guy do to get his license suspended? Well, he was speeding while driving a bus that was loaded with too many people. Oh, and one of the vehicle's rear wheels was inside with the passengers. He has to wait a year before he can drive again. Coming up next, a look at the convertible version of the Camaro SX2. Reducing exhaust emissions, airified diesel particulate filters, high filtration, low back pressure, small package size, excellent durability. DowAerify.com. I recently got a chance to test drive the convertible version of the Camaro SS2, and here's a little bit of my experience with the car. Let me tell you about a car that I've been test driving lately, and if you can't recognize what this is, turn off this video and go away. But for the rest of you, I'm driving the Camaro 2SS convertible, an absolutely awesome car to drive. However, when I get in on the passenger side, there's a few things I don't like about this car. You know, open air driving is just great, but when you put the roof up on this car, one of the first things that you notice is it's not very quiet inside. It really doesn't have enough sound deadening in it, and you can hear all kinds of traffic and other ambient noise around you. Plus, it takes a while for this roof to get up into place, so let's lock it down right now, and I'll show you what else is going on here. This is a $43,000 car, but if I want to move the seat up, I've got a manual adjustment. A manual adjustment on a $43,000 car. That I didn't expect. And how do I pull the seat forward? You know, there's, there's no grab handle here unless I want to grab the parking brake, which is not a smart thing to do if you're going at highway speeds. Plus, at highway speeds, I found on this car, there's wind noise coming out right here. Again, $43,000 car, wind leak in the roof, that should not be happening. And check out the tip of the windshield wiper. At highway speeds, that thing starts vibrating. I can't believe that that really is supposed to be the way things are on this car. And then when I move to the driver's seat, I really don't like this steering wheel. It looks great, but the deep dish shape to it is just awkward to use. It just doesn't feel right. So even though this Camaro is just something awesome to drive, There's a few things with it they got to change before I'd have this one in my garage. The Camaro is actually selling pretty well right now against its competition. So far this year, Dodge sold a little over 13,000 Challengers, Ford sold over 23,000 Mustangs, and Chevrolet sold over 30,000 Camaros. Hey, you can download a brand new episode of Roundabout right now at AutolineDetroit.tv. This week, you'll see the ugliest Cadillac ever, find out what Uper treat is powering cars, and the panel will debate the issue of death by GPS. Check it out in John's journal. And that is today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.